This next talk I'm calling Essential for What? Today let's talk about two different subjects, two different animals, geese and dogmas. Yeah, that's a play on words. Dorothy Sayers, a British author, wrote an article called The Dogma is the Drama that begins with this line. Any stigma will do to beat a dogma. She goes on to point out that dogma, or doctrine, is not dried ink on an old page. Dogma, doctrine, before it became written down as a principle, was a living, breathing experience with God. We need to know why our doctrine matters, and we need to know how it guides us to very practical things like rotating leaders, the way geese rotate. So, let's go. It's a real gift to our church to have the essentials of faith spelled out. But let's ask an obvious question. Essential to what? Well, orthodoxy for one. Our essentials orient us to biblical authority. That's orthodoxy. That means we look to experience God and to know God the way He has revealed Himself to us. Now you say, what about experiencing God on a personal level? Well, we need both a personal experience and truthful understanding. We need both the personal and the codified truth. In other words, faith in Christ is chiefly about a personal relationship with God, but doctrine helps us relate well both to God and as a result to each other. Now, C.S. Lewis helps us understand this. He uses two images to compare and contrast experiencing God personally and understanding God through doctrine. The two images are of a man standing by the sea and a man standing over a map of the sea. So, Lewis was at this talk and he was responding to somebody who said he had no use for doctrine. He said he knows God personally because he'd felt him alone in the desert at night and so all Lewis's God talk seemed just like little petty formulas about him rather than an experience with him. They seemed small and less real. Lewis responds and I quote, now, in a sense, I quite agreed with that man. I think he had probably had a real experience of God in the desert. And when he turned from that experience to the Christian creeds, I think he was really turning from something real to something less real. In the same way, if a man has once looked at the Atlantic from the beach and then goes and looks at a map of the Atlantic, he also will be turning from something real to something less real. But here comes the point. The map is admittedly only colored paper. But there are two things you have to remember about it. First, it's based on what? Thousands of people have found out by sailing the real Atlantic. Masses of experience, just as real as the one you could have from the beach. Only while yours would be a single glimpse, the map fits all those different experiences together. And second, and this is big, this is big. If you want to go anywhere, the map is absolutely necessary. So, doctrines are not God. They're only a kind of map. 
but that map is based on the experience of hundreds of people who really were in touch with God. So central to our doctrine is the organizing priority for the church, which is this, making disciples. That's a doctrine. We discover it in Scripture. We've said it around here a lot that the church does not have a mission. God's mission has a church. And that mission is to make disciples. That's what it means to be a missional church. A missional church makes disciples. All our activities are organized around this mission and goal. So the church is not a mashup of this and that or an accumulation of programs according to trend or whim. It is structured around the priority of making disciples. And we need to give ourselves permission to ask tough questions about how effective our programs are working to do that, to make disciples. So let's take a quick overview of missional. That is, a disciple-making church by touching on these three marks of a missional church. First, the first mark of a missional church is vital worship. That means worship is not some perfunctory exercise to check the box, you feel better about yourself because you went, you get a gold star on your chart. No, it creates, and we create every week, the kind of environment for seekers and believers where they can experience the presence of God together. Throughout Scripture, we see all five senses engaged when it comes to knowing God. Worship elevates us to a common experience and a vision of human life. Worship, centered upon the Word, shapes us for mission, for those good works which He planned in advance for us to do. So that's the first mark. first mark of a missional church is vital worship. The second, a missional church has a strategic path, a strategic path. It's a strategic path of discipleship that moves people. Can you picture it? It moves them along a path from stone to stone to stone. So here, here are the stones. It moves them from outsider to insider, from hurting to healing, from sitting to serving, from serving to leading. So think of each move as a stepping stone along a path of growth. That's what discipleship is. It's, it's growing. Growing to know God increasingly well, and as a result, we become like Him. So that's the second mark. First mark is vital worship. Second mark is the strategic path of discipleship. And the last mark is this. A missional church is, can you guess it? Think about it for a minute. What have we hit? We've talked about gathering together for worship. We've talked about growing together. Third is a missional church is outward, outward. That means we exist not just for ourselves. And that kind of makes sense because we're trying to order life in a way that makes us less self-centered, so our church shouldn't be. In fact, moving outward to become proximate to the last, least, and lost is a vital part of any discipleship process. So just as Jesus came down to us, to draw near to us, so do we draw near to the margins where faith expressed in love makes mission clearly understood. It can be seen. It's like Missouri, the show-me state. Actions speak our gospel. So that's a little about dogs or dogma. You can see how theology matters to healthy relationships and therefore to the mission of making discipleship.
people who can relate well to God and to each other. And so now let's, let's finish up with a practical word about geese. Picture that iconic V formation of geese in flight. Now see, what we're doing here is we're, we're taking this whole discussion about doctrine, about theology, about understanding orthodoxy, all that, that Christ-centered or word-centered church, and we're applying it to something practical here. Geese in V formation. Why do they fly in this pattern? The answer to that question also teaches us about why officers of our church serve for three years and why they're each part of a team. So, first, geese fly in V formation to create what's called a slipstream. Maybe you've experienced this when riding a bike behind someone else. They lead, and that makes it easier for you because they take the brunt of the wind pressure. The geese can fly 72% farther than they could alone when they fly in V formation. And you know what? They rotate leaders. And the ones at the back honk to encourage the ones at the front. Now, I don't know, maybe they made that up. I, I'm not sure how they can possibly know that, but uh, that's what they say. Maybe they've talked to the geese. I don't know. But if ever a geese falls out of formation, they do know this. They can see this, that when a goose, one goose falls out of formation, two others drop back and remain with that goose until either it recovers or it dies. Let's see, we stick together. Uh, we, we, we remain on teams. We encourage one another. We rotate leadership. You see, Scripture is full of principles for healthy leadership, which this geese scenario sums up beautifully. You can see the principle of team at work in the book of Acts where the disciples were regularly together, where they took turns leading, where they devoted themselves to a common identity called a fellowship, to teaching, prayer, breaking bread together. As a result, as the passage in Acts 2 goes, the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. So doctrine orients us to the Word. The Word sets the priority of discipleship. We organize around that priority as a missional church. We share both the burden and authority of leadership in rotation. That's a summary of what we just talked about. So let me give you a couple questions as you consider um, this dogma and geese uh, lessons and pictures. Along the way, as we see lives and hearts mended, we can see clearly the dogma really is the drama. So, question one. What doctrine can you point to that comes alive when you think about how you've experienced it as a principle of relating well with loved ones or experienced it in some way that helped you know God better? What doctrine, what principle helped you relate well to God or others? Question two, where have you seen the wisdom of the V formation at work in your life? The dogma is the drama.